1: transmitting live from planet margate this is episode 15 of buddies buddies featuring cyril wilfred wilson What I'm hoping for in this intro is that perhaps you get a sense of um, ASMR vibes from it, uh, with the rainfall and the windscreen and on the roof. Uh, I nearly said ceiling. I'm in a car, isn't the ceiling in the car. Um, I, I hope this brings you a bit of that. At any rate, it's not a bad little outside studio, <laughs> as you could call a car. Um, i can't really do it on the beach at the moment um from a kind of wussy point of view i'm not wearing the correct footwear for it and it's absolutely pouring down with rain and the tide is in it's a high tide um I, i missed low tide and even then the rain was pelting it down so no outdoor intro for you i'm afraid i'm very sorry Let's hope next time I do this, we are met with more agreeable weather conditions. Now, weather talk out of the way, let's get on with the podcast. I couldn't resist weather talk. I feel like the rain's gotten even harder since since I started talking to you. Um, Yeah, I hope you're doing good. I hope whatever dark forces are at work in the universe, I hope you're meeting them with a suit of armor and a steely resolve and a. uh, a smile on your face. Um not always easy, no, but yeah, let's uh, let's soldier through, shall we not? Um as Mark Commode says, it will all be alright in the end. And as Tom Hanks says on the Mark Commode and Simon Mayo podcast, this too shall pass. There. Profound in it. Um this is a really cool week. This week, this episode of Buddy's Buddies Buddies, um, I'm I'm really curious and interested and excited to see the reaction to it and hear the reaction to it. Um, basically, this so this week I'm speaking to a guy called Cyril Wilfred Wilson. Um, people call him Wilfred. I I call him Cyril because that's how I was introduced to him. But yeah, he's he's a guy from um, uh, South Africa. He was born there. He has a. Really intriguing and inspiring story of his journey to Margate. He moved here in 1987. He moved here... uh, 1987, I don't know if um, those of you listening are old, young enough to remember the Hurricane of 87, which took place in October. I remember it well. I was... um, I think I was... Yeah, I was seven... I remember it I remember it fairly well. I remember waking up to total catastrophe outside. Um, and it was really jarring because I think at that point, that was like the worst I'd seen at that age. Like, you know, you, when you're seven and you wake up and then like the whole outside world is, it looks like it's just been grabbed by the lapel and shaken up really hard. Um, it was really, it was really strange, really strange situation to wake up to bit twilight zony and um yeah and then uh, i walked to school because i wasn't sort of far away enough to say oh i can't come in because of the buses or whatever so i, I walked and um the, the few of us who were at school were just kind of like sitting around dazed and confused like what, what just happened anyway um yeah it, it was just i think the the reason I'm sort of harping on about this hurricane thing is that, it, yeah, it, this was the year that Cyril mo- uh, made his move to the UK from South Africa. Um, what I'm wary of at this point, uh, and, and I became wary of this actually when I was writing some notes to say in the intro, was, is, like, I, I, actually I don't really want to give away much at this point. Um, my tendency with these intros is to essentially synopsize what's what you're about to hear Uh, and that can be cool sometimes when it gives you a bit of a framework but i think in this case because cyril isn't necessarily a famous person he's not somebody who owns a business around uh i was gonna say around here wherever you're listening um i mean like basically this this guy cyril doesn't he doesn't have a a shop front a business he's not sort of working like he's not like a public face of a shop or anything like that um but he he has a, a definite place in the community and the um, you know like in in a lot of people's lives and he's certainly he's been involved in a lot of people's stories and lives um, in the area through various reasons. I mean, uh, a couple of which so he's worked for Age uh, UK and um, the Citizens Advice Bureau, and it was just it was really cool because it was a story that I I sort of. I had a few of the little notes on, like, basically, like, Lucy from Margate Mercury put me in touch with him because um, Lucy had an idea of this, uh, basically having, like, a sort of small season, like, uh, an episode per issue of Margate Mercury, which is called Margate Voices, which is, uh, it would be me talking to people who, as I say, you know, like, people who don't have uh, a, a necessarily a business or, yeah, that that kind of thing, really, and... um uh, Cyril was somebody who Lucy was familiar with. And, yeah, so, like, we had a, we had a brief meeting in, uh, in Costa Coffee on the high street. And, uh, yeah, like, I, I sort of made some notes. And I was like, oh, oh, wow, oh, wow, crazy. And, yeah, there's all these sort of things that he kept peppering into the conversation. He was like, yeah, you know, this happened and this happened. I was like, wait, wait, what, what? So th- th- there are a lot of factors in there that I'm going to leave for your unveiling. You might have seen like the half-page feature in Margate Mercury, so that's going to be happening. um, Well, hopefully, ongoing from now on. So, in every issue of Margate Mercury, there'll be uh, a little feature of the guest who I'm going to have on, and um, yeah, I think it's going to be slightly different sort of feel to some of the other episodes. I'm certainly on a bit of a bit more of a sort of exploratory got my explorers hat on for some of them because um it's uh yeah i i I sort of want i want to do an amount of research but then i also want to find out certain things in real time i love that I, i love to be surprised by stuff and i mean in every episode i have been so there's there's yeah there's that's never going to not happen so I think I think you're going to get a real kick out of it. It's a really lovely story. Cyril's a great guy, really, really nice and friendly. Very witty. He's got he's got a really sharp sense of humour, and um, he's just been through some pretty mad stuff. And you know, while his story is obviously unique and very individual, you know, it, it, it's his story. But there are going to be elements in it that I'm, I know a lot of people will be able to relate to, like. Whether it's travelling to the UK from a, another country or um, yeah, even some of the health issues that he's faced. So yeah, let's see. I'm oh, um, fascinated to see where this goes. So please, ladies and gentlemen, be warm in your welcome to Cyril Wilfred Wilson. So, Cyril, have you ever recorded a podcast before? No, I've
2: never recorded a podcast before. Yeah. This will be the first time. Wow! I've listened to a lot of them. Though.
1: I'm I'm honoured. <laughs> I'm honoured to be your first re- record-y, re- recorder,
2: recorder. Yeah. Yes, recorder. <laughs> like I said I started on a word one. You know, word word podcast things are out of the door now. You know, word. word.
1: What's that? You started on a.
2: What do, what do you call them? Sorry, you have to forgive me. My memory is really bad, eh? No. Uh... And I forget words when I'm talking. Okay. <laughs> So I'll, I'll try and get over that. Uh, now I was doing a, a word on WordPress. I was doing like my idea was an autobiography type of thing of my life. Yeah. And then I went on to um, I was going to go in one direction uh, recipes then because I love cooking and stuff, you know, like a blog. Ah. Blog, that's the word. Yeah, blog, yeah, 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 blog. 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 Yeah, right. And the other way I was going to go was um, a forum like DIY for repairing cars and that. Yeah. So people write in with questions and others give answers and you know, that oh, sort of thing. Wow. That I didn't I haven't got very far with it yet, but There's um, a
1: lot of ground to cover though. You gotta go from yeah, yeah, cooking to mechanics. I mean that's the yeah, well, entire you, world. Anything so. you think,
2: you know, when you were busy you, now you're doing nothing yeah sort of thing. But I'm I'm finding I'm very busy with Siddon's advice. Yeah. And I was I was doing it ageless than at uh, age UK, but I've had to stop that. Right. Um but of advice, I'm doing at least three days a week. Okay. And well, that's that's thing. And I've, I've actually just got qualified as a... Got my thing that I'm a competent um, advisor now. So I'm qualified yeah. advisor now.
1: So I'm going to have to slow you down because you just covered almost everything without me even asking you a single question. <laughs> so let's, yes, let's, let's, take I, it, let's take it slowly. Um, but yeah, that that is super fascinating. We're going to get to all of that. Um, so I am here with... I'm here with Cyril. Cyril, what's your surname? Wilson. Cyril Wilson. Yeah,
2: I'm also known as Wilfred. Most people in the area know me as Wilf.
1: Because I asked when I came into the well, we're in we're in your your home at the moment. Um, uh, one of your fellow residents, yeah, your Residence, people, yeah. He said, "Yeah, I said, oh, I'm looking for Cyril. He's a South African guy. And he's oh, Wilf and I said, "No, nah, Cyril." And then yeah, it was were sort of having a bit of a battle. It's like.
2: Well, he's yeah. called Cyril, and then it's like, no, it's called Wilf. So, yeah. Where's no, that, where that come from? Yeah. Um, my dad was also Cyril. Right. Um, he was Cyril Francis Wilson. I'm, I'm Cyril Wilfred. Oh, um, okay. So when my dad was around, I was always called by Wilf oh, or yeah. Wilfred. But now my dad's passed, and for official them, I have to use the name Cyril.
1: Ah. Um, see.
2: So it's quite awkward, you know, it's like you're an imposter sort of thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, like an assumed yeah. identity. Like, witness relocation yeah. or something.
2: Especially when you meet people, it's difficult.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it's like with, because with, I have a pseudonym, which in, for the purposes of this is Buddy Peace. So that's like my music making and sort of music pseudonym. It comes from my name, which is Nick Bud. So Buddy, and then I don't know, the piece is just something I slung on it years ago. Um, so when I introduce myself to people, it's a toss up whether I say, Hi, I'm Nick or Hi, I'm Buddy. And it's, I don't know when I click and sort of decide, but. A decision gets made somewhere and then I I have to commit to it and then some people know me as Nick, some people know me as Buddy yeah. and then it's a minefield. Yeah, it is. It's,
2: whenever you introduce yourself, it uh, 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 makes you feel like an imposter. But yeah. I was always known until recently as Wolf because I traded under Wolf. Ah. It was Wolf Wilson trading as Trailblazer Enterprises. Oh, and this yeah. is the mechanic. Mechanics my music. workshop, yeah. All
1: right. Well, again, yeah. we're going to get to that. It's tricky to know where to start start really because there's um i mean, i haven't known you for that long but mm. we've had a brief introduction and got pretty much your entire life story i guess we should have been recording back then <laughs>
2: um uh, i can't start where i came from
1: yeah yeah well that's i mean that's first on, on my extensive list of questions so mm. yeah um i can tell from your accent that you're not from around here
2: no i'm, I'm actually from zambia from zambia yeah just you know a town called Kabwe, originally known as Broken Hill.
1: Broken Hill.
2: Yeah, I was born there. Um my parents were born in South Africa and their parents on uh, my mum's side were, her dad was born in Aberdeen. And right. my dad's side, um his dad was born in um Lake District. Hi. I can't remember the exact towns. That's okay. Um it's, but it's... and um, obviously um, my dad was in the in the South African Air Force and as a instrument um technician. Right. Um, and he was based in um, Italy. And then obviously when he left, he joined the railways um, because there wasn't any jobs then at the time in South Africa. Mm. And eventually he went to Zambia, Zashanta, where that's where I was born. Right. Um, I've got two brothers, two sisters. I'm a twin.
1: Yeah.
2: My twin sister's got twin girls and my eldest brother's got twin boys.
1: Wow, um, is, is that a, do you know if that's a common thing? If you're in, if you're born in a family
2: of twins, I'm, that... not, I'm not too sure. Yeah. I'm not too sure. But the that funny thing, a link. yeah, the funny thing is, you know, they say about twins. My um, it, it, when my mum and dad were still in Zambia, they if we sent a birthday or Christmas card, my sister would send the exact same one as I did, yeah. and we never ever communicated on that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so anyway, yeah. I I schooled and everything was in 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 uh, Kabwe. Right. Um, how how do you spell that? Uh,
1: K A B W E. K A I'm going to write that
2: down cause
1: yeah. that's uh just so I can sort of see it. Yeah, the
2: the original name of the town was Broken Hill. It was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. named after the one in Australia because the the way the veins ran of the mine um it was a lead mine. Ah. Um were the same as the town in Australia so it was named after that. Oh. But when Zambia got independence they changed the names. Okay. And that's when they changed it to Kapu. Ah. Mm.
1: I haven't heard of either of those. That's fascinating. So I, mm-hmm. I was, um, yeah, I was doing a bit of, sort of geography research yesterday. Very, very light research. Well, I call it research. I looked at a map on Google, but because um, my geography is pretty terrible, and I was trying, to, cause I was trying to define what was South Africa. Because uh, to be honest, I've never really sort of thought about what where the line is from Africa and South Africa. So yeah. Zambia isn't considered South Africa, is it? Or is it? No, no, no. This
2: right. is, yeah. Everybody will say, "Oh, well, it's the same thing." If you say you're from Zambia, um, <laughs> it was originally known as Northern Rhodesia because you had the Federation of Rhodesia and Iceland. Right. Um, right. But now you have got Zimbabwe between um, um, Zambia and uh, South Africa. The yeah. last, the last time when I I drove down from South Africa to Joburg or Johannesburg, was um, I left at one in the morning. Drove yeah. all day, all the following night, and I got to Joburg six o'clock in the morning, or quarter past six, uh, the next morning. Uh, um, so it's not a, it's not close. No, no, I mean, not at all. It, yeah, it's,
1: it's yeah, it's impossibly huge, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah. Was just, I was looking around, and it's um, so like your Zambia is just under Republic of Congo. That's right. It's, um, it, it
2: borders with Congo or Zaire, both of them. Yeah, um, and it's so. What we and then you it? then you've got um, uh, Angola. Actually, this is a good test because I've got a little diagram, so I'll test
1: you on it. Yeah. So Angola, we'll...
2: Kenya, Malawi, yeah, uh, Zimbabwe, Tanzania, yeah. Um, Two more points on the, on the table. Moz- Mozambique, yes. Mozambique, and I think that's about it. I think I can remember offhand.
1: Namibia,
2: you're in Botswana. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Namibia, in Botswana. Yeah, because when when the um, Smith, when the UDI thing was on, you couldn't go to South Africa through Zimbabwe. Wait, when the what was on? Uh, UDI, when Smith declared um, Universal Declaration of Independence, UDI. Oh. That was in 1965.
1: Again, my, my not only my geography, but my history <laughs> is also need, yeah. needs a bit of brushing up, so yeah, yeah, forgive was, me for us. All Zimbabwe.
2: of Zambia's um, imports and that used to come through through Zimbabwe from South Africa and oh, the rest yeah. of the world. But when, when that happened, because... First, Malawi got independence. They were in Iceland from Britain. Mm. Then Zambia got independence. And then um, Ian Smith declared UDI. So they closed all the borders off. Uh-huh. Um, so stuff had to come through Botswana. And, that, and All there was at that time was a little um, a ferry that could take like two buses wow. to cross the river at the border at Kazangula, the place was. Yeah. So um, we had no fuel. We had rations um, and stuff like that. We never saw... Like all our apples came from South Africa, so we never saw apples for years, and didn't see yeah. cheese or butter for two years. Well, you know, until amazing. the United Nations sent some in on a donation mm. for children and stuff like that.
1: So, what, mm. if you if you don't mind me asking, and if you don't want this included, I can. No, edit feel it out. free. Anything. I'm, I'm not in book. Well, I was curious to know when you were born. Um,
2: 1955. 55. So yeah, 11th of March, 1955.
1: All right, and. and- we're going to go immediately back, but so yeah, yeah. let's cut forward to when did you move to the UK?
2: Okay, I moved to the UK on. Uh, I arrived in the UK on the twenty ninth of March,
1: nineteen eighty seven. So the year of the hurricane. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting because I, I knew that. I knew you were. I knew you came to the UK on that hurricane year, and I was. It, it inspired me to look up the YouTube. Um, they've got the weather report on YouTube. Yeah. And Michael Fisk, because he got a lot of stick for that, I remember. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I was, um, well, it's to give away my age, if, if we're going to be sharing birthdays. So I was born in 1980, so I was I was the tender age of seven. And all I remember was waking up and just being absolute chaos. Like, I, I didn't know it was coming. I don't think anyone knew it was coming, really. Yeah. But I lived near, um, there's a, a massive park called Richmond Park, and that was all just completely, it's just debris everywhere. It was yeah. mad. And then... Um, so michael fish said yeah. i might try and put a clip on here actually he said like oh we've, we've had a phone call from somebody and they said this uh, it's really heavy wind but uh, that's not the case it's not nothing's <laughs> going to happening.' and then, yeah next yeah time, I, rem-
2: I remember it quite well and he, i don't think he will live, live it down
1: no yeah.
2: Good afternoon to you. Earlier on today, apparently, a woman rang the BBC and said she heard that there was a hurricane on the way. Well, if you're watching, don't worry, there isn't. But having said that, actually, the weather will become very windy, but most of the strong winds, incidentally, will be down over Spain. Now, there's the picture for tomorrow. Once the rain clears from the east, it's a mixture of sunshine and showers for us all, a frizzle and rather cool with it. I, I... I actually came to um, Margate because I, a friend of mine from Zambia that I used to work on his cars and we were friendly in Zambia. Yeah. Um, he always said, "When you come over, come and um, stay here, oh, stay look- stay with him." That's why I came yeah. down to Margate. Um, wow. I'd never ever been to the UK before, but always yeah. your teachers and your friends in Zambia mostly expatriates working on the mines from from the UK. So you always yeah, wanted yeah. to come.
1: Oh, so he was, um, he, he, was and, yeah. and he he was from the UK. Yeah, he was from the UK, and he'd
2: lived years in in Zambia, and he. He married a lady in Zambia and um, they they came back to the UK oh. when his contract ended and that. Yeah. Um, and I came. He didn't – I pulled up outside – when I pulled up in a taxi outside his place – um, he was actually going out for a ride in the afternoon on a Sunday afternoon and oh. he had to pay my taxi fare oh. because because the driver didn't have change for me. Oh, no. um, so that was nice. And then I ended up staying um, in a rented flat opposite him yeah. and that's when the hurricane was on. Wow. Um, so the
1: hurricane, I, I, you have to remind me, so it was <clears> pretty much countrywide. Was it? I yeah, I it, was, it was
2: countrywide and a lot of trees were blown over. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was September, if I remember rightly.
1: Uh, oh, I've got the date. It's 15th. And, well, the, the broadcast, the, the the weather forecast was on the 15th, the uh, fateful Michael Fish. Yeah, was that broadcast. September? 15th of October. That October, I guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close enough. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a that's, that's good memory. I mean, I, I, I had to look it up. I, I remember being in school. I think I just started whatever year that was. Uh, being in assembly and yeah, it was. I remember just like walking to school because I live close enough, so I I couldn't get the day off because it's like, well, you can just walk, yeah, but it's a hurricane. I felt like I should be at home, yeah.
2: Well, I'd I'd only been here a few months when that happened, so yeah, good first um,
1: impression, isn't it? Yeah, I
2: was, I was, um. Lucky when I came here, like i say i I um had never been here before
1: mm-hmm. and
2: arrived on Sunday and he actually took me out for a ride that often and the first time I ever ate cockles <laughs> and that we had had some down at Ramsgate yeah, yeah, yeah. um which was nice and then on that that even going through the local paper because you can see how things have changed from in eighty seven to now, yeah, yeah in the local paper so i'm a Car mechanic, always been not officially trained but experienced since I was very young. Yeah. I've worked on cars. And there were three jobs in the paper that week. Yeah. So I just arrived. The first week I went for three job interviews or arranged three job interviews. Yeah. One was at um, a Vauxhall garage in Westgate, another one in um, Dumpton Park garage, and the Mm -hmm. other one was Drum garage. And Westgate, one, I wasn't qualified enough. They wanted a foreman, really. Yeah. Um, just as well because that closed up about 10 days later. That's because they didn't have you on the team, didn't they? <laughs> Most likely, more than likely. <laughs> Could have shown them. Yeah. Um, but then I, I went to Dumpton Park and I looked, they had heating and stuff and I had to go back for two or three interviews there Yeah, and also went to Drum Garage. Now, Drum Garage had uh, an open ramp in the middle where there's no roof. Oh,
1: just, um, you're just working outside, yeah. basically. And the, yeah. the
2: also the, they had a big dog there and in zambia two strikes against it yeah <laughs> yeah the zambia the dogs are taught to bite they're more guard watchdogs oh. or guard dogs yeah you don't so want to be around that i was yeah. a bit wary mm. of that yeah yeah um but i took the uh the uh, Dumpton park one because i had um it had heating and i thought uh, it's cold in the uk i'll go <laughs> for the heating yeah. i was lucky when i came it was a really hot Summer as yeah. well in March. I arrived twenty ninth. Oh yeah, yeah. So oh, you arrived was, in
1: March, not, yeah. not October. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So,
2: so it was it was really hot then. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Um, so I was lucky for that, um, and I started a thing. When I went for the second interview with Dumpton Park, when I came out, my friend's wife had to call the ambulance to get me to hospital when I got back to their place because I had a bad bout of malaria. Oh,
1: and from from South from Zambia. Zambia
2: yeah. yeah. Because there you treat it more like it's flu or anything. You just go oh, just to like the chemist casual... and get some tablets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, until, yeah. Unless you get a bad dose. Right. Um, so, yeah, so I was here a couple of weeks and I was in hospital with malaria. And like, oh. I actually came out the day before Easter because I had the first Easter year as well. Wow. So we had some Easter eggs, which you don't, these days, you don't get that much in Zambia when I left.
1: No, I yeah. imagine, yeah. Mm. It's, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, in the UK, it's just always been a thing. It's, Far yeah. back as so I can remember, um, I feel like things like that, like Halloween, wasn't such a big deal when I was a kid. Um, but now it seems like a massive affair. Yeah, it's all it's like Costumes bit. and all this kind of stuff, and even it's a, like it's adults, a reason
2: to go out, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I mean, I, I'm all for going out within reason, but <laughs> when it comes <laughs> to dressing up and putting on. Stuff. It's not really my bag. To be honest. So anyway, going back
2: to the hurricane. mm. Because I had to go to work in the morning, and I I actually slept right through the hurricane. Didn't know it was going on. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
2: So when I I had a little mini car at the moment, and I was working at Dumpton, I always used to go in early um, because I'd catch a bit of overtime or something like that. Because it wasn't easy at the beginning. Mm. So when I came out the flat to get in the car, and I saw all the TV aerials were. All leaning over, and I thought, "Ah, oh, I've heard that it gets windy in the UK. It must be very windy last night." It shows yeah. how naive I was. You know, <laughs> it's a very sort of isolated and um, censored in in Zambia. Yeah,
1: oh, um, right. They practice
2: what they call humanism, which is um, a sort of communism type of thing. Oh, okay. Um, so,
1: is that when you say humanism? Is that like a um, w- everybody is
2: equal? Nobody's better than anybody else. Everybody's your your wealth is shared. Um, that's why I say a lot like communism. It's not actually. It's more to yourself sort of thing.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I
1: haven't really. I mean, I've heard of humanism, but I, I haven't sort of. To be honest, I haven't really heard that applied to a country or a. Yeah, well, you know, the, like
2: the a, president at that time was um, Dr. Kenneth Cowinda. Right. who is one of the latest I've heard, he's still, he's still about. He's retired, obviously, in his home village. Yeah. Um, but he, that was his followings, and that's what he was practising in the country. Okay. Um. In a lot of ways it was good, but it, in a lot of ways it it was sort of against capitalism and that sort of thing, which didn't help the development of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so any, anyway, like I say, we're going back to the hurricane, when I – um came out the aerials over so I thought that's they tell me it's windy in the UK. So I got in the car and I came up to because so I was staying in Godwin Road then. Mm-hmm. and I came up to the main road and it was um it was all glass all over on North Down Road.
1: Oh wow and Did you get any photos at all? Did you have a camera? No, I didn't.
2: I It'd didn't be interesting to again that's coming from, from Zambia because oh, yeah. uh, you weren't allowed to take photos of anything or
0: Ah. that because
2: you it was a security risk or anything like that It was always yeah. a lot of trouble so you're scared to stay it still goes on with me now actually um oh you mean like what, what, to, to scared of where to take photos and that because
1: it must be really ingrained in you oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah. The security was very high you couldn't stop near a government building or anything yeah. like that yeah and it's
1: almost like you mm. i feel like when that's ingrained, you start to police yourself. So no one's telling you to watch out or no. be wary, but you're in, you're inside. You're yeah. Or, well, yeah.
2: You just careful. You're careful to say things. You, yeah. Um, yeah. stuff like that, you know? Yeah. But so anyway, when I came over the road, uh, I, um, saw the glass and I thought, ah, I heard there's riots in the UK. must've been a riot last night. <laughs>
1: <Just> <laughs> you know, just, I, I was through. really, I was really
2: naive. <laughs> and, um,
1: but you might not have, I mean, if you, I feel like nowadays if we look on a weather app on our phone or something, then it will say hurricane or tornado, like sometimes I get tornado coming up on my Margate weather app. But if you haven't got a word for it and you haven't seen a, a newspaper or no one said to you, there was a, there was a uh, hurricane, then you might just think, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily know it was a yeah. hurricane. You could, yeah, any number of things.
2: I think also the difference being Zambia was landlocked. Mm. So okay, we'd have storms and stuff like that, and a different kind of heat and cold. Yeah. Um, but being on the sea, yeah, you you get the winds and the weather more. Yeah, yeah, yeah Than yeah. being landlocked, because Zamb- Zambia was right in the middle
1: yeah.
2: um, of Africa, so it's really landlocked near the equator.
1: So it's just so. sort of humid and hot a lot. Was yeah. It was yeah. Was it humid? It actually? was not that humid because no, no. there's no sea.
2: Um, oh, of let, course, yeah, you know, yeah. In the rain, rainy season, yes, it would yeah. be humid and stuff like that. But anyway, yeah. we'll go back to my journey to work. Um, <laughs> I was going into work at Dumpton Park then. So I came up to North Down um, Park and there was a tree across the road and I thought, oh. <laughs> so I went back and started going along St. Peter's Road to, to Dumpton Park, garage in. You know? And as I was going along, the car was wavering a little bit. I thought, oh, no, I must have got a puncture in that glass. So go a bit faster to get there, not that it's very windy. <laughs> and on the way there, I saw a caravan on top of a car. And I didn't think much, you
1: know, just didn't. So it still didn't click it, it in. It didn't then.
2: click now. <laughs> and I got to the garage and there was nobody there. I was always early, but normally there's somebody on the forecourt or something.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. So I opened up, I had the keys to open, went in and started and waited. There was no lights, no <laughs> anything.
1: Oh, it must be it must be a little power cut, maybe. That, you yeah, know. yeah, with, you all know, the some, time it still hasn't. Yeah, well, by us we
2: had power sharing in, in Zambia also water. Right, um, you would have you know sometimes like your TV. Those I'm talking about the TVs with the valves. Oh you, you yeah, as yeah. A, because they put. Too many houses on the same power circuit when everybody was cooking or something, your your TV would go darker and Yeah, darker the lights darker. Would a bit, yeah. it's not <laughs> enough voltage um, and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I yeah. just thought, it's, I was used to that sort of thing. Never yeah. get that money here a few months then.
1: So you're still sort of measuring yeah. everything against your yeah. experience in Zambia. Yeah, you right. you always
2: do. You still do, actually. Right, that's right. Why they, yeah. That's why they call us when Wenwis, when we're in Zambia. When we're, <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, nobody came in. About 10 o'clock, somebody turned up and I said, "Cool, where's everybody? What's going on? And the, and the chap said to me, didn't you know there's a hurricane last night? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, talk wow. about Dumba. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's. Um, and that, that's when I found out, obviously, what had gone on in that. And um, yeah. seen the damage, lucky I was in a rented place and I was fine and the building yeah. was safe where I stayed. That was good. Yeah, that's fortunate. Um, I think
1: yeah, back then it probably there was more risk of property damage, I, I would imagine. Um, well, no, well, I'll say that. I'm, I'm sort of thinking of new buildings where it's sort of everything's all tough. But actually a lot of older buildings are pretty resilient, aren't they? So, and yeah. it probably wasn't that strong, like, you know, to 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 – warrior house sort yeah. of thing it was
2: more like roof tiles than that because yeah, they were it, yeah. old and had been there so long yeah, and they yeah, hadn't yeah. had that sort of weather for so many years so that no. yeah, was unusual
1: yeah. yeah I remember a lot of roof yeah. tile stuff that happened in our house like we it was sort of i think at one point it just started raining roof tiles like later on in the day and yeah it just yeah. shook everything loose it's the only
2: good thing was it was at night when most people were indoors yeah yeah so um that was a good, that that helped with safety wise a lot yeah yeah
1: definitely mm. yeah, it could have been really rough yeah huh but um yeah
2: then yeah that was like my first sort of big thing in in the uk yeah but um yeah that was a that was like that and I don't know if i carry on. I worked in uh, at Dumpton Park a couple of years. And then I went over to Canterbury Motors in Canterbury mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Um, and there was uh, like a master tech because I always worked on Persia's right from a young age. Yeah.
1: Um, in, um, in Zambia?
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, worked, I started working on cars when I was ten, eleven, helping my dad. And that I just naturally, when I left school, the place, um, when I finished my O-levels, um, the place where I used to buy my parts from. Um, he said, you know, school's ending in a couple of days. What are you doing? I didn't, because there you didn't have um,
1: Options. career
2: masters or things like well, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said, oh, do you want an apprenticeship? Come work with me, sort of thing. Yeah. And this was about 23rd, 22nd of December. So I started by him on 2nd of January. I was supposed to be an apprentice, but I was doing qualified work already. Um, and then it came out there's no such thing as an uh, apprenticeship in Zambia anymore. So I worked at Canterbury Motors for a couple of years and then I started my own place here. Yeah. Originally in Broadstairs. Then I moved from there after about six months to my own place. And I've been a couple of places in Cliftonville, Westgate, just for short periods. But the most of the time I was in Princes Road by the viaduct in Ramsgate I was there about 20 odd years. Wow. Um, I rented from, uh, the place from a really nice guy. Um, everybody just knew Miss Jocky, they used to have plant, proper down-to-earth guy, he was Scottish, sorry about that, uh-huh. he, was, he was Scottish and that, and he kept by his word, it was just a handshake. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I was there 20-odd years until I bought another place, and obviously my life changed a little bit, right. so I bought another place and went on from there up to today, wow. and now I'm staying in Alexander Holmes. And so so yeah.
1: how, when was the last time you sort of worked on a car, did you say? Uh it's going to be
2: sort of at least 10 years. Okay. 10 years because I I got ill um when I had my own place and that was um I was looking after my mom and dad they were ill then. Um I had a I had a bungalow with my I was married then. Hmm. So all of that went went aside at that time.
1: Yeah.
2: And then I um I had my own workshop which obviously sadly I burnt one night because of my illness. Um Tell,
1: tell me more if you can you tell me more about that? Or? Yeah, yeah, if you want me to. Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, I had,
2: I had, um, over some years it, it developed, I had, uh, I had some varical bleeds, esophageal uh, varical bleeds, yeah. and eventually they diagnosed it as a liver cirrhosis or infection. All right, um, mainly due to. To the, When they did the biopsy, they couldn't find a, an actual reason. Mm. Um, I always maintained because my dad and my other brother had the same yeah, yeah. Um, sort of thing. To so the lead in the water in the town I came from.
1: And ah.
2: Even now, there is films and the United Nations are checking with children in the area still, even though the mine is closed down a long time now, have um, they've still got a very high percentage of, blood, of lead in their blood.
1: So that... And, and the lead comes from from the from mine, the,
2: the mining. And obviously, in Cuba, they get the water from boreholes, so it sinks into the water table. Oh wow! Yeah, but the right. mine's been closed for years now, but there's still a big slag heap there, right? Yeah, so uh, oh, that's so yeah. that's so rough. So, but yeah. um, you know, the the biopsy came up with nothing, so it's an unknown cause. Mm-hmm. Didn't show up or anything.
1: Um, so you can't really. Like you, you sort of know why, but you can't really. Specifically well, I can it on suspect. Something. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah.
2: suspect, and the doctors all know it. Um, the yeah. funny thing is, none of the female members in the family were affected by it.
1: Interesting. Um,
2: they've got no problem, but all all the males in the family have. Yeah. Um,
1: I wonder why that happens. No, it? They, they're yeah. looking
2: at, i mentioned it because obviously I um, I had my transplant at King's Hospital in London. You had a
1: liver, a full liver Hospital. transplant? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it ended up with me having a liver transplant. Right.
1: Um, when when was
2: this? That was um, uh, 2016. Oh
1: ah, so, yeah. 2016, Relatively six of March. Relatively Yeah,
2: nearly four years ago now. March is 6th yeah. will be four years. Wow. And I was in hospital while I had the transplant, while I had my birthday, because
1: the nurse came in one
2: night, she said, I'm the first one to say happy birthday to you, and that was half one in the morning. uh, So we were doing bloods and stuff like that.
1: It's nice to have somebody recognise that in your sort of, you know, you're in a pretty rough situation. I was
2: there at that stage because I'd rejected the transplant.
1: uh, Um, But I
2: didn't have to have another transplant. They managed to sort it out. Yeah. Um, So I was lucky then, lucky to to kings and mainly most of all is uh, my donor and their family you know for agreeing to it
1: so do you yeah. i mean forgive me because i don't know i really don't know much about transplants to be honest so what's the process like do you do you actually meet the person
2: no no you you, you don't meet the person um all all i know is um i found out afterwards was an age match because no. i had the transplant when i was 61 and the the donor was 61 Oh. Um you can write to the to the donor family through um through uh, the coordinators at the hospital mm. um and they will check it and send it on because there's no identification at all. Right. right. Um some people do get a reply back. Um I've written it took it took a long while to write mm. because it's not an easy thing to do.
1: No, it's this um, one of the biggest things you can yeah, really go through, And, isn't and it? you know,
2: so I, di- I did write and thank a family and all that, but I haven't had a reply. I wrote off. I was about two two and a half years post transplant before I managed to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard of people who have heard back from the families. Yeah, and they um, a couple of people I've seen have actually met the families.
1: Wow.
2: Um, and one one um, patient transplant person, they um, they actually go and visit the grave of their donor every year. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing how many people are like twenty or thirty years post transplant. Mm. Never knew there were so many, and that's so. Yeah, it gives you hope, you know. It yeah, you definitely. And the it, thing I is, know. you've got to look after it as well. Yeah, I you've suppose been, you've been given a real gift.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really yeah. it's essentially a second chance, isn't yeah. it, or even a third it, chance? It I don't is, know. Yeah. yeah. So you have. Is, I guess yeah. it makes you really sort of like, yeah, you really appreciate things. Yeah, well, you do. Not it? that you didn't the before, man, but the amount of
2: work and. You know, a lot of people do criticise the national health and that, but over the period I was ill and the treatment I got and um, the care and the mm. the actual staff themselves, you know, you, I've never been able to fault. Maybe I've just been extra lucky. Um, no,
1: I think it's 1st you've... I mean, I've heard a lot of people who've had really severe things happen to them and, yeah, the NHS care has mm. been absolutely stellar. So one is, yeah, One of my, one of
2: my biggest complaints I have is the ambulances. Really? Yeah, I've been in the back of an ambulance so many times, and I still can't tell you what it's like in the inside. Because every time I was unconscious when I was in there, oh. so I couldn't look around.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. I,
2: and you're I like, to, say see some, how, I like uh... to see how things are made and how they, you know, that's just the. My mechanical side of my brain coming out somewhere. <laughs> so
1: it's not entirely their fault, I suppose. No, no, it's <laughs> if not their fault. It's your no, no, no. <laughs> they,
2: they were always very good in the treatment. Yeah, good yeah, and yeah, The yeah. doctors and no, no, I get it. the laughs. Yeah. And they are they are such caring people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even though I still have to keep going up to kings for different Checkups and things like that and mm. it's nice to see the people who treated you at that time oh
1: yeah yeah well they must get a like kick that. out of seeing you yeah. you know up and healthy and yeah yeah, yeah. that's great. compared to
2: where you were yeah. yeah 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 at that time when before the transplant, i couldn't even talk wow. um because it i uh, had it affected my brain the the liver disease
1: how long did you um, have the, the the disease for then like in the run-up to the transplant like how long was that period well
2: from the time when i had the first varical bleed was that was my first time I had anything because I never used to go to doctors for regular checkups, you know, I'm a normal male sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um and it must have been up to about eight years or so. Mm. Yeah. That's and a lot hard. of things happened in those times and there's a lot of gaps that I just can't remember and that's yeah, yeah. that's the hard part. Yeah. But you've got to put that behind you now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely. doing different things now. So Yeah, you can't really look back with regret, I yeah, it's just, just yeah. sort of you know on, onward and upward, really, mm-hmm. isn't it? Let's see. So when you were in Zambia, so what what are your key memories from, from living there? Like is there anything you return to in your head that kind of keeps you grounded or like one one yeah. of the
2: things I will s I will just say that when I came to the UK, that was my first time ever. I've have said that earlier when I came, it was my first time ever, and when I arrived here, I felt at home. Yeah. I felt really at home. Um, yes. I think if I'd gone to London, might have been different because um, yeah. down here, the pace is a little bit slower, and it's more to Zambian sort of time, as we call it. Right, um, right. Because right. you don't make an appointment for the time of day. You make an appointment for that day. Yeah, okay. so you can so it's quite slow down. Yeah. That helped me. Wednesday um, on the dot. I, I did go back when my folks were still in Zambia a, a few times.
1: Mm.
2: I did. I did go back sometimes at a month or so to do my fix my dad's cars and things like that.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, always in the job. But I never ever have had the feeling that I'd like to go back and live there or anything like that. Mm. Um, I'm just so happy, here and I found the people are really nice
1: yeah um, yeah yeah absolutely one
2: of, one of the things I was told when I was coming don 't ask people for information, and that they 'll beat you up when you get to the to the things and when I got you, I was totally lost and I found it exactly the opposite and the people are nice
1: yeah the people no, are definitely i nice. I've, yeah. I've found exactly the same thing mm. it 's like I spent a lot of time in London and Surrey, and people aren 't they 're not sort of not nice, but the the pace and everything it, it it keeps people kind of locked into their own rhythms a bit and I find here. There is, a, there is a lot of sort of uh, like people are just sort of interested in you and, 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 right, and I'm yeah. interested in people in return and it's like a real like reciprocal interest, I suppose. And people have got time for each other and uh, I find that there's because I was worried that there might be a bit sort of there might be a bit gossipy or something because it's quite a small place. But yeah. I find it's um, especially doing a podcast, I realise everyone's very. Everyone wants to give each other a foot up and everyone's looking That's out for right. each other in a in a positive in, sense. In, yeah, it's, it's really ways, nice. Yeah. yeah, very And you positive. need
2: that, especially like, you know, when you've got the older generation and that and where they feel a bit isolated and can't yeah. get about as much as they used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is one of the nice things here where I stay. But going yeah. back, you were asking about memories of, yeah, Zamb- yeah. of Zambia. Just your early um, life and yeah, how of, it was. One of the yeah. things I do miss a lot is the fishing. Because I used to go fishing on the rivers and that. Um, Not very often because I was always working. But when you did go, it was nice. The one, I used to go by the Kifui River and that was about – 90-odd miles out of town on a gravel road. Oh,
1: so that was a, that's a proper commitment to yeah, a, day, yeah. a day's fishing or however long it was? Yeah. No, the,
2: the furthest I used to go was about 300 miles for a day's fishing. Ooh. So that was up near <laughs> So easy that was by my brother-in-law, and we'd catch a lot of bream then. Mm. Um, but by the Kefili River, what was nice is because you've got the hippos and everything in the water, yeah. and there's no nobody really around you. There are people who live on the banks of the river and that, but where I used to fish it was... There's no real road or anything. You just go with a Land Rover and that. Yeah, yeah. And um, you tend to you tend if there wasn't a a lady in in your group that went out fishing because you never went by yourself. You always had a few people. Mm. Um, You just slept out in the open, Mm. and at night time, you know, you got there. It gets really dark. There's no town light yeah, you know? yeah
1: yeah
2: um and so you've got the stars above you and you can hear the buck and the owls and oh, nightjars and that in the bush at night
1: yeah and
2: then you've got the hippos in the river you know making a noise and that whole all, all thing and uh, uh, obviously there's crocs in that
1: i've right? never heard a hippo noise especially at night That's oh, lovely lovely <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh,
2: ooh, ooh. <laughs> all night long and the, when the teeth clash in that yeah um yeah. but no no it's really nice we had one incident um, there were a couple of guys when um that had just come out from the u k to work on the mines They'd been been there about a month, I think mm. and we went we went out fishing on the curfu and that and obviously you just lay a canvas thing down, put your sleeping bag, and you sleep around a fire and that mm, nice. and um During the night, one of the blacks jumped up shouting, and then what had happened uh a hyena had come into the camp and grabbed a packet of milk and that and gone out oh, you know but yeah. um, Generally, you don't have that sort of problem. Right. You it's know, it's only sometimes you'll get that. And yeah. Even that. They weren't after us. They were just after food. Yeah, yeah. But it's, what's nice is because you go and have a uh, wash in the river in the mornings and then you um, you sit on the banks. It's always breakfast. You always eat well out there. Mm. Um, and then you go sit on the banks for a bit fishing and that. Um, there was a lot of bream, um, a lot of um, uh, sil- what we call silver barbel. Right. Um, and and barbel, which are nice fighting fish, and you know? I think in the UK, it's very similar to catfish. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. yeah okay, yeah.
2: Um, yeah, and they get quite big as well. Yeah, and obviously you always fish around where the hippos are because yeah, of course that's yeah. where the fish are.
1: It's like cats in houses; they always go to the the hot. warm? Yeah, spot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, that's right. And then um, sort
1: of similar, <laughs> yeah, not that
2: similar, but yeah, yeah. yeah so you know I mean. and then you fish, and then after you know you fish for a while, and then you. If you caught anything, obviously that's what you ate or you cooked it straight away, and there's nothing mm. better than what you call real fresh fish.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I've had it once or twice, but mm. yeah, you can't you can't yeah. beat
2: it. Then you just sit and watch the hippos or things like that. And it's just so nice and peaceful, yeah. the birds in the background. And like, you, that's the sort of thing I miss. That's yeah,
1: so you, you sort of miss that kind of integration with like raw nature. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, But, like, it, I mean, have you experienced that in Margate? Because obviously we're, we're, we're minutes away from the sea. I mean, have you have you taken yeah, you time go, to
2: get you go out and Yeah, you sea go and or... walk around and sit around. Especially when I when I was staying in, in Estelle Avenue in um, in uh, Ramsgate, Nethercourt. Mm. Sometimes at night, because most nights I was normally working till really late. But sometimes I'd go like two, three in the morning. Mm. I'd go for a walk from Nethercourt all the way down towards the Ramsgate Harbour through then. If the tide was out all the way around to Broadstairs along the the promenade, and yeah, one yeah. place there's a bit of just beach sand, yeah, yeah. and then back from the up Broadstairs High Street past the telephone exchange, yeah, and back to Nethercourt, um, Perfect. and that two three in the morning, is lovely. All you he hear is a few birds, yeah, and silence, to, yeah. silence. You know,
1: now I've been meaning to do that here. I really want mm. to do a sort of all nighter and just sort of go go to the beach and just sort of. Just like see the sun appearing and all that kind of stuff, and it's like I mean I've, I've got time to do it. It's just I always get to about twelve midnight, and I'm like, oh, actually, I'm really tired. I think yeah. I just yeah, and then then it's too hard to get up in the
2: morning. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, cause it ruins you for the next day. Like I mean, yeah. when I was a kid, I could do it all the time, but like now yeah. it's like if I miss a night's sleep, then I'm ruined for the week. So it's yeah. So yeah, yeah, where
2: I'm staying at the moment, it's lovely because in the evening and in and again in the morning when the sun's coming up, there's one bird yeah blackbird i think it is or something mm. um i'm not too good on bird names but uh it's, I'll, I'll it, need it's cry it's chirping and whatever for hours every night every morning mm. and just you can hear the one particular one you know yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. just
1: nice it's like in yeah. um a, so I, I spent a couple of years in laos and to, to uh, I, I keep saying it on the podcast sorry Risk of repeating myself, not to you, sir, all, but to the listeners. I'm <laughs> probably tired of this, but um, you have to go through Bangkok to get to the house. And there's a specific bird in Bangkok. Um, I hope I've got a recording of it, because if I have, I want to put it in. It's it's amazing. It's like my favourite bird sound ever. It sort of goes like... You can hear it and it's in the middle of the city and it's like a really eerie sound because it's like through all the city noise and everything, you hear this... And it's just in the background and apparently they're hellish to live near because they just don't shut up. But it's like that's my sort of thing that locks me into Bangkok. It's it's so beautiful. One one of
2: the sounds, yeah yeah, which was... Very familiar to, like Zambia, it's like the wood pigeons and that. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Um, obviously, like a dove or something like that. Usually. And, and when they're calling, um, we always used to interpret it as, call father, call father, call father. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be a joke amongst us. But, uh, yeah, but no, no, we like wildlife and stuff like that. The seagulls, obviously, they're a different thing, but they are so interesting in themselves. Um, what do you
1: find interesting about seagulls? Well, you, the way
2: they try to get the worms up when it's rained. Oh, know, they trample down. battering on the feet. Yeah, and that's really sweet. <laughs> then one day I was just thinking, thank goodness for Google and um, other things like that, you know, any safari, all of them. Mm. Um, I looked up, you know, because I don't know if you noticed that um, seagulls tend to not drink that much water on land.
1: I've seen them try and take a, like, they sort of put their mouth in a puddle, or their beak. They put their beak in a puddle and then tip their head up and then kind of, it looks like they're drinking. Yeah,
2: they struggle a bit with that. Yeah. And I found out the main thing is they drink mostly seawater because they've got a desalination gland. Wow. And when you see a seagull shaking its head, that's actually when it's chucking out, it's got a gland by the nose and chucks the salt out. Yeah. What? And must, no, a is... lot, a lot of seabirds. I've seen it on nature programs since, but I never yeah. knew that before that.
1: I, I, I mm. this is the first I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah so it must something be, for you to look up. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's this fascinating because I mean, it, it makes me think that you know, in the same way that we we built airplanes and they're sort of roughly based on birds flying, I feel like eventually, when we in need of water, maybe that's something we could look into, like sort of how how does it work with the desalination sort of process, maybe, and like we could sort of start using seawater in a different way or
2: something like that, I don't know. They are trying, it (laughs) it's still too expensive. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah. I imagine it's a lengthy process. But yeah,
2: no, that's the sort of things I miss most in Zambia. Obviously, um, traffic is different. I I, I don't drive now because um, obviously I lost my license when I was ill. Right. But like in in Zambia, like like I did mention earlier, I used to go fishing and stuff like that. Well, when you leave the town, my... My trading name in Zambia was Chagalong Auto Services, because everything I'd, I set to 45 mile per hour, so you knew it's going to take you that long and add a throttle stop in the Land Rover, mm. and you could leave that on and drive between towns, you wouldn't see many vehicles like you do here. Right, um, and you didn't always find fuel and stuff, so you always had to carry fuel with you. That sort of thing.
1: So you had to sort of. Mm. Did you have to plan out your days? I guess in, well, you this, just, in a different you, way. Or? Yeah, you just did it
2: automatically. Yeah, um, and yeah. you always had some food with you. There's no stops like yeah, where you got services and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm talking. Eighty-seven. It's a long time since I left. I don't know what it's changed like now. Yeah,
1: that's what I was going to ask you. Um, like, have you been back since you came to
2: Margate? I did. Go, I did go a few times back when my mum and dad were still there. Yeah. Um, but now I haven't been back for many years now. I've got no really feeling to go back. To be no, honest. No, no. Um, thank right. goodness for some of the play- things you can watch it on the telly and stuff like that you can see some of your old places and what yeah. they look like and what they are now yeah yeah, um, yeah. but i n- I never have a feeling up uk is home for me now yeah that's really lovely, especially this area of, i've yeah. been around quite a bit when i had uh, i had a towing car and a tourer um they used to go up a lot my favorite place was um norfolk broads actually yeah, which is quite flat and plain, and that. And I also liked Wales. I went a couple of times. Yeah, I, wanna I did. To I Wales, didn't yeah. ever get on very well with Cornwall. I did go a couple of times. No, huh? but I um, was always glad to come away from <laughs> it. The place is nice and all that.
1: Yeah,
2: the pasties are far too expensive. Um, but uh, other <laughs> yeah, but it's th- other like a tourist
1: that, attraction thing, yeah. isn't it? Of like, well, yeah, course. I, so. think, I think
2: I can. Uh, I cook nice enough once, and I'll keep to my own ones. Yeah, yeah, when yeah, I when enough. I do make, yeah. <laughs> But,
1: uh, so um, what I didn't ask, and I mean, you might have hinted at it, but why Why did you move from Zambia? What was the main reason for that?
2: Well, There's a few reasons, really. Why, uh, you know, you can say, like, always my friends were expatriates and stuff like that. So you always, you know, they talked about it and you always wanted to see. Um, I wasn't married at that time, even though my wife was Zambian. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it wasn't. To my idea, it wasn't any point her coming to the UK because I was coming. If she didn't like it, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's why we got married. Yeah. Um, one of my biggest reasons was um, because I had a British passport through my grandparents, uh, British citizenship. I, even though I had um, finances there, um, they had a law at that time. You couldn't. Um, you had to be a Zambian citizen to buy a property. Um, oh. even my my dad's property where I built my workshop on was uh um it was ten acres and he bought it obviously in colonial days, but I couldn't inherit that even. Ah. Um so you know, my biggest thing was I was still staying with my parents, I had my workshop and then, you know, you better say to your "says Tom, mm. Tom, you need to be on your own." And
1: it's funny because you know. when, because I know when you came here, and for some reason, I, I I keep assuming that when you moved here, you were my age when when it was in in eighty seven. <laughs> so I keep forgetting that you were actually like a full grown adult when you moved here. Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, I
2: did I did my own business in in Zambia for yeah, many yeah, yeah, many yeah. years, so uh, you know I was quite established in that. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, The other thing in Zambia, you never felt you needed to go on holiday, so Mm. um, because I I had my own business and the country didn't have foreign exchange at that time, Mm -hmm. was it easy to get it? And um, so yeah, so that that was like one of the the biggest things. At that time, you know, um, foreign exchange and stuff wasn't really um, allowed or talked about in Zambia. Mm. Um, Things have changed since then, obviously. In a study or years now, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, no, it's a it's, it's a big thing. That, but the, you know, the bigger, one of the biggest reasons was I couldn't have my own house.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, I wanted yeah. to buy my own house, um, and obviously, majority of my finances stayed back in Zambia when I came here because they didn't have foreign exchange. And so, um, what
1: what happened uh, to that? My mom
2: and dad were still staying there at that time, so it wasn't yeah. a problem. Oh. But um, the money devalued significantly. Mm. since i uh, you know after that so um it became like monopoly money so it doesn't matter
1: <laughs> and you and you came to the uk with how much how, how did you, when, how did you...
2: When, I, when i came here yeah um i actually had 1200 pound on me yeah um and like i say my the friend a really good friend and that's what you call proper friends he wouldn't take any rent or anything from me yeah, yeah. um I always did fix his cars and said I always would. He he sadly he has passed now. Mm. Um, he wasn't very old. He was only 50, 55, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but his son has grown up. Was when I came here, his son was only six years old, uh, six yeah. months old. Aye, aye. and um, his son is now thirty uh, odd. Yeah,
1: yeah, And
2: yeah. he works for one of the paint making companies in the like, in the area for autoboint paint and stuff.
1: Do you are you are you in contact with him or are you just oh, yeah, keep, yeah, yeah. keep an eye on him?
2: Yeah, you know. no, they him and his mum still stay in, in um, Godwin Road. Mm. Um yeah, no, no, we're in in a lot of contact, yeah. That's great. It's really um, nice to have
1: so, a established long term yeah, friend yeah. from those days. Yeah. yeah,
2: especially like I say, with six months and I do have a wedding photo somewhere where his mum his mum's holding him at that age. <laughs> um but yeah no, he's uh, it's nice in that you know, that was one of my biggest things. And then when I came, I rented a flat opposite my, that friend of mine. Um, and again, through somebody I knew from Zambia sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I rented that while he was waiting, planning permission. Eventually, I managed to get a mortgage on a flat in um, Athelston Road. Yeah. Um, which I, I had, so. and obviously, different issues and moving, progressing from there. Uh, me and the wife, we, we got a, bought a bungalow in um, Nethercourt. So, so no. yeah, where's where's another court? Is that a it's, you know um, Canterbury here? Road as you're going out of Ramsgate? Okay, opposite the Broaddock um, filling station. Yeah, okay. Is a Broaddock something like that. I think I think I know. Yeah, there's a one one <laughs> filling station there on this by itself. I did warn you, I was terrible mm. with
1: geography, and it, it appears even local geography. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, but in the UK, Margate and Ramsgate are very far apart, even yeah. though they aren't actually. I know. It's yeah,
1: a, it's a full full bus journey yeah. that
2: is, yeah. I can't I can't give you directions by pubs because I don't go in pubs gen- oh, yeah. generally generally <laughs> oh, yeah. that's why I say like my um liver disease wasn't through alcohol. No. Um so yes I know if you want I can give you directions by garages. Oh yeah of course <laughs> yeah. yeah your your life <laughs> not, is not uh, pubs yeah And yeah. In the UK the most of the directions are given by pubs. Yeah. Mm. I
1: could do it by probably by record shops and coffee shops, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's
2: bags. So. That's what you're interested in, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah. 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 Mm.
1: Not so many record shops these days, though. There's a much. lot
2: of the old ones coming up in the centre of Margate.
1: Oh, yeah. So yeah. that yeah, there mm, are. There's it. certainly transmission mm. and elsewhere. And um, yeah, there's. A, sure there, there's there are a that. lot
2: of good shops coming up in in yeah. the centre. There's a bakery there now as well. Yeah, modern really, Provider. Really nice um, yeah.
1: bread. Yeah. Yeah okay so it looks like we're about halfway through the podcast at this point so i'm going to just put a little pause in the middle here as occasionally we have to put some adverts in there and um i want to just sort of leave a nice little space for that to happen so here is that and we will return to the podcast directly after see you soon
0: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today.
1: Um actually yeah okay so well we I I brought up music just then records. Um which should bring me into your other interests. So I mean are you are you, are you a music guy? Um I
2: love listening to any type of music. I've never been able to um, to sing or anything like that.
1: Well, I heard rumours five minutes after I arrived at your house. You've just been <laughs> accepted into a variety show. Is that right? Yeah,
2: yeah. I have got a part in a variety show. I was coaxed to go in by a lady who I work uh, volunteer with at Sidon's Advice, um, who does singing. She does. She sings really. Lovely, mm. and uh, she got me to go along to a, to an audition, and I got a part. You know, just surprised me. Um, and I make coffee for everybody, so, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's that's something. But no, it's I'm, still a part. It's still I apart. intend to get into the musical side and and singing a bit and all that. And obviously, they hopefully they'll they'll coach me. I've only been to the they're doing the rehearsals now two or three times. And you do find yourself getting more involved. So that's yeah. Nice because it, um they, they do need more people attending. Um and even to the show. So yeah.
1: And that's not really mm. your that that probably wasn't a part of your life growing up, I imagine. No, 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 because yeah. I always
2: just worked on cars and I was quite <laughs> isolated in myself. Um you yeah. know, like my own company. So yeah. it's all it's all new to me. And a lot of things have happened um since the transplant because I can't work on cars anymore or things like that and yeah. uh, I volunteer with citizens' Advice, and I did volunteer for a long period with a UK thanet. Yeah. And I even got a certificate from them for making tea, best tea maker. <laughs> tea making The intergenerational thing, and the way they for the people and that with different challenges, and that is really good. They mm. enjoyed that. Um, but unfortunately, I had to stop it for um, different health reasons and that. But
1: do you, do you think that since you know, like post the uh, post operation do you feel like your your sort of instincts and inclinations have led more to because I, I feel like you've gone more into roles where you're volunteering and you know very sort of outreach type uh you know just like being a helpful member of society i feel like since well, the operation that's
2: to be honest we've always always helped people and our yeah. family is known for it like they say in u k you'd go by directions of pubs and that in yeah. Zambia it was Gina you know, Wilson's corner because our house our property was on a corner. Yeah. And so we were known we should always help people. That's in our personality whatever whatever you want to call it. Mm. So now that I'm not able to work because of different results and things mm-hmm. I find I've got I need something to do and I like helping people. Yeah. Um and it's nice to see the people helping people, like at AG and that. Um the people who are there and the help between the the, the actual, shall I call them clients or whatever, hmm. um, the friendships that build up and that and it stops isolation.
1: Yeah. Do, um, you, do you feel like it's good for, uh, I would imagine it's good for general mental well-being, you know, like just being around people and having that sense of community? It, help, is... it
2: helps a lot because obviously post-transplant, you do have a lot of uh, mental issues and that it's not an easy thing to accept. No, no. Um, I, I, and I like me mind, to yeah. go... I'm always dealing with vehicles and cars and stuff like that, and now I can't. And like going into a citizen's advice, I'm in an office, sitting in an office mm. and for long periods. sometimes. It's a total change. Yeah. But it's nice because you, you're mixing with nice people. Like I said, British people, uh, you know, from what I was told initially, I totally, um, <laughs> the, opposite, the majority of them, obviously you'll get one or two, but you always, yeah. you know, laugh here and laugh there. It's always sorts everything out yeah yeah um definitely. and that yeah and it's a bit nice to be able to help people yeah you know when they come great. in let's say like a citizen's vice um they come in and you know they're in a state and when they go out they, they can even crack a joke and yeah that's an achievement and it's nice to see
1: yeah i was thinking about yeah. this morning because uh, yeah i'm i'm essentially I'm, a, I'm addicted to getting my flat whites and my coffees like most days so i was thinking of like the person who serves you in a coffee shop generally they're going to be because they're about to give you something that you really want and all they're just going to be met with thank yous and sort of oh that was great oh thanks a lot so that they must have such job satisfaction and and then for you as well you you have the ability to um turn someone's day around by helping them so that that help the way that sort of you know you're going to end up hopefully you're you're both working to a positive outcome yeah. and helping somebody out of a situation. And so you must get such a lot from that yeah. as well. It's like seeing oh, you leave with a smile. You, know,
2: you do get a lot, but like you're talking about somebody in a, a serving coffee or something or any shop or anything the, yeah the biggest thing comes to the environment they're working in, the people they're working with, how they're treated.
1: That's true. And
2: yeah. um, if it makes it the job, you know, it's not just serving coffee. There's, a way of serving coffee.
1: Yeah. Um, right. When I was
2: at AGK, uh, I used to make coffee, and the comment was it was always a bit of froth on the top, and it was a, <laughs> it was ordinary coffee from from an urn an, an, and things like that. Yeah. But it's the way you make it. And things like that. that's why i got a certificate but, <laughs> you but, offered um, me a
1: cup of tea earlier i should have taken it <laughs> I missed, missed
2: out yeah you did yeah. Um, there's always room for another one right. <laughs> but um yeah no it's uh it's how you do things and your interest you put into things and what you get back yeah. um like i say like you know even, even like huk or even in the shops at the bus stops you, you know it's a case of um i like people watching really yeah, um, yeah, and you can see somebody if they' a bit lost or struggling, and you help them out. I've I've sat at the bus stops putting um, stagecoach app on on their phones for oh, them to help you. them yeah. because they're waiting for a bus and it's going to be a little while and it doesn't take <laughs> long, um, and then trying to show them how to use it and things like that. So yeah, again, it's a case of engaging with people and definitely um, yeah thing, and it's how you how you treat people and, the, and your interest in it, you know, wanting to yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, no, that that that's a nice thing. is helping people, yeah, and and seeing the positive result, like you say, yeah, is is that's the best thing. You can't beat that.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. You can't I, beat that. I think, um, yeah, in doing this podcast is sort of, I think I've always had that in me as well, but I've never been able to sort of, I've never really known what to do with it. And I suppose you know, an instant thing you can do is to volunteer or just to help in general. But um, you know, life gets in the way and you end up distracted. But the podcast is allowed me to sort of you know like with yourself like i mean i, I don't know if we'd have crossed paths before but um you know like uh, lucy from market mercury put us in contact and i'm i'm so glad that she has because you know i've i've just learned so much about you in an hour and it's great stuff and and, and you know now i i know somebody else in you who is helpful and a really you know it a really positive part of the community and it's it's sort of that's almost like strengthened my yeah, positive outlook in it. Yeah. That's
2: nice to take from you, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Nice no, great but, um, um, but we all here for a reason sort of thing, we do it and we do it to your best, so yeah. It's nice and yeah. It helps you to get on in yourself, especially coming from major trauma things and things like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah. everybody's got their own issue somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but the so biggest thing true. is is having the community around you to help you as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like, like I say, the, the environment you're in, like, you know, helping your confidence and um, things like that to mix with people instead of being by yourself and to bring mm. yourself out of yourself.
1: Yeah. And yeah,
2: this, yes. this is where, you know, things like that are, are encouraged. Yeah. You know, I mean,
1: we, we're. We're totally we're social animals, for sure. And it's like when when you get away from that social element, it, you, you do find yourself deteriorating, whether yeah. it's thoughts or actions or, yeah, it's not, it's not I, good, I is think
2: it? one of the biggest things is we don't really know all the societies and everything that are around us and what they do. Mm. Um, I think that's one of the, the big sort of things, because I've yeah. also helped a little bit with um, Canterbury Food Bank sorting food and that from the donations and things like that and yeah. when you see the amount of stuff that comes through and what they're doing and that yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: um it's amazing you know it
1: be interesting to visit one of one of those actually it's like it's something that and again it's like yeah fortunately and you know i thank, thankfully i i we as a family we didn't have to visit a food bank um you know we weren't very well off but we we did all you know i, I guess as good as we could but um it's funny, like food banks are something that I haven't really known about until a bit later in life, and yeah, it's, it's something that I, I do want to visit one and sort of see what goes on there because it's it's it it's these things you don't you don't sort of see much of in in day to day life, and it's these things are helping sort of society tick yeah. along, you know? It's, yeah.
2: yeah, they help a lot. I don't don't think they realise just how much, mm. but it, it's all it's all the other things involved. Up there's um. What's, there's one that operates from St John's Church, uh, Taste Taste Bag or something I think it's called. Oh, yeah, where they're teaching you to cook uh, oh. for a pound in that. Yeah, I've seen I've seen um, which is, they, that. Which they, yeah. is they they meet up every Friday and yeah. they give cooking lessons, and then the person, if you've attended, can um, go there. That's really good. That's a nice thing. That's where I'm fortunate because I always. Um, Helped my mom cook and learn to cook and all of our family except for my dad of course he didn't know how to cook he was waited on (laughs) um but no you learn to cook and things like that years ago i used to help my mom decorating and making decorations for wedding cakes and stuff like that yeah um so i'm fortunate now because i'm unable to work obviously i'm on benefits um to live very cheaply and you can live very cheaply and yeah we're not not talking about we're not talking about not eating well um eating well but knowing how to cook and making the stuff go further yeah 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 it's all eating wisely isn't it yeah yeah yeah. one thing i have found since the transplant we're obviously from africa you you're a big meat eater in that right um post transplant i've found um i'm more into uh, pulses and that sort of stuff i'm not Interested that much in eating me? So whether I've taken on something from my donor, um, yeah. whether they were vegetarian or what, you don't know. Um, yeah, was, there's well, no proof go- of it, but you definitely do take on habits from your. No, I,
1: was, I was going to yeah. ask if you if you feel like you've sort of in, inherited anything from that because re- recently, um, so there's a podcast. There's this guy called Joe Rogan who is uh, he's an American guy who does this podcast. He's a comedian as well, and he he does these really long podcasts where often go on for about three hours uh we're, we're a third of the runtime of a joe rogan podcast at the moment so mm. don't think we're gonna go that long but um he he speaks to um a lot of the time because he's a he used to be a, a fighter um he's really you know he's a very nice guy he's not a- angry or anything like that but he he speaks to a lot of sort of bodybuilders and people who like do these crazy athletic things yeah, and match up men. Um, yeah, yeah yeah basically but um it's interesting because I'd never listened to those kind of people before, like, talk, because they'd never really had many chances to actually have a long conversation. And there's a lot of really interesting people out there, of course. But uh, one guy he spoke to is called C.T. Fletcher, and um, he had a heart transplant. And he's a bodybuilder, like, massive guy. And then uh, what I heard – I haven't heard the podcast, but it's – a, I think it was from last year, uh, 2019. But anyway, he um, – this guy had a, tra- a heart transplant. I think the heart – the donor was um, a female – and since then, apparently, his whole life has completely changed and he's um, his whole attitude and personality has gone... He's really, really... It just sounds like a really nice, lovely yeah. guy. I mean, not that he wasn't, but... And, I, you know, I haven't listened yeah, you, to the podcast, but it, the, the story they, sounds really... Yeah, fascinating.
2: They, de- definitely, there must be... You feel different things. and um, Like I, I could eat bef- before the transplant... I could eat a whole tub of ice cream just by myself. I loved ice cream um, now I, because one of the things obviously because of your medication um you 're not supposed you 're supposed to watch what ice creams you eat and there. Mm. Um, but i 'm not I eat ice creams, but i 'm not that keen on them anymore, and there's yeah, different it's things yeah. um it's just as well because you 're not meant to take them because they react with your medication
1: yeah, right. um,
2: but I do find that you know I have turned more to. Uh, pulse I've always liked vegetables we were we were brought up with vegetables, our own ones fresh ones and stuff yeah, like that yeah. um so I've always liked vegetables so that 's not a problem, but i'm not eating as much meat as i used to yeah yeah and i don't oh. i don't feel list for it either, which is uh, obviously there's got to be something there
1: yeah I say something. so and it's um it's interesting because you i think if you if you were forced to go into eating less meat you, you have resistance to it but it's nice that you've made that transition you, you know yeah, it's done, it's done it by yourself. itself yeah it's done it yeah. by itself
2: it's not that i must eat less meat well, it's like they say okay you mustn't eat ice cream but i haven't felt like ice cream yeah you know oh, it's, ah, it's, good. it's just naturally it's no oh, i'd really live an ice cream
1: yeah but uh no think, it doesn't yeah. quite
2: work like that
1: no i mean it, like no. I, I sort of started running a few years ago and my tastes and diet have changed quite a lot since then as well. I think just naturally, you. I think when you, when there's something, either you decide to get get healthier, or if there's a, a health situation that means you have to restrict certain things in your diet, then I think your your body's just kind of like, all right, well let's let's give it a go, and then you get that little resistance thing, and then when you get through it, then it you start feeling the benefits, and the feedback is. It's noticeable, and then you just feel good. The you just start feeling better. Off. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: That, that's the main. That's the main thing. Is yeah, yeah. you know, you, you can see something from it. When you don't see it, that's that's when it makes
1: it harder. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, all right, So, wedding cakes. Any? Uh, d- oh, we used
2: to you, do. We used to do a lot of catering and stuff like that. Yeah. I made thousands of steak and kidney pies, mince pies, pasties, <laughs> baking cakes, and that. Um, things like that, because I used to initially help my mum and then we did it together and that, um, you know, when I used to come home from school I would help her and things like that. It was just to make, at that time um, my dad was working on the railways which wasn't very well paid, Mm. Um, and it was just to help things and we did a lot of poultry as well. Um, This is going back to Zambia, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously here I haven't had the time and when you, now I'm living by myself so... You still cook in that but not as much. Yeah, um, yeah, I still make my own boerewors, which is um, a South African sausage. We always call it vos, V O R S for short. But you can get different flavors. Now you can buy it in the UK, but it's very pricey. Like in Zambia, things were always really short, and that's how you, you know, if you wanted if you wanted beef, and that you found the farmer he killed the ox, yeah, and picked it up, cut it up, put it in the freezer. There were butchers oh, wow. in that as well. And it was just much easier and yeah. stuff like that. Sort of so obviously organic, that that it. goes on. Like, um we can go back to when when I first came to the UK. Mm. um Because um, Cliftonville had a different variety sort of shops as well to now.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, that's a good point. What do you remember of yeah. the, of Margate back then?
2: Well, at that time when I came, when I came, then there were lots of bed and breakfast hotels,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and even like where I bought the flat in Athelston, That's the first one of a bed and breakfast that was converted in that road. Yeah. Um, there was always coloured lights all over, you know, all the streets had coloured lights. And mm. um, to me it seemed at that time that most of the people who were here were from Scotland, they had Scottish accents, but obviously from other places as well. But mm. all you could hear, and I like the Scottish accent anyway, but, um, and the Irish to me, the real South, southern Irish, the deep one. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. um you know, the like at the bottom of Athelstan Road where Dreamland and that was there used to be hundreds of coaches parked everywhere there was coaches. Dreamland was full with coaches.
1: So Dreamland um, was uh that was up and running when you were Oh here. Dreamland, uh, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, that was thriving, all the seafront yeah, yeah. and that. Um because initially, um, my wife at that time she she used to work in one of the places called Bim Bombs, you know, doing the change. You know, people come and change their money for oh, coins yeah. and that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and in the summer, those arcades at two, three o'clock in the morning, they were still open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. imagine. i um, not quite like that now.
1: No, I remember because I, I, I was born in Brighton, and I used to spend a lot of time in in the arcades, and yeah, they were yeah so busy. Um, yeah.
2: But even like in in Atherston, I'd um, come Christmas and New Year. Uh, most of the bed and breakfasts used to join up, and there was one at the bottom. Um, I think it was the landmark. I'm not sure. One of the a big one. Yeah, the big huge dance floor in the basement. Mm. So all the hotels and the bed and breakfast would join up in that and all the clients and it would basically be like a snake going into each hotel and back and oh, out. Wow. And everybody ended up with all their guests and that down at the at the bottom of hotel and you know, you yeah. have to carry on from there. It oh, was such a nice community and obviously for the holiday makers yeah, it yeah. made it so much nicer for them.
1: Yeah, it's a real memory.
2: Um, isn't I think it? I it's think memory. the that old style of bed and breakfast is, was nice and was affordable. Mm. Um bed and yeah. breakfast aren't really that affordable. But obviously costs have gone up. Well now it's and a, regu- and regulations, it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um
2: but that, yeah, it was really the place was busy. Um at that stage obviously like I said, I was it was just me working originally um, at Dumpton Park Garage and my take-home pay then was £100 after tax mm-hmm. and um, it didn't leave you a lot no. after that, you know. <laughs> it was the first of couple of months before I managed to get a flat. Um, we stayed in a hotel, Wilbeck Hotel. Mm-hmm. That was near the Tom Thumb Theatre. All right, yeah, yeah. And for the two of us, uh, full board and uh, uh, the room in the place, was £90 a, month, a week. Oh.
1: And,
2: uh, that was for the two of us, and my pay was £100.
1: Um,
2: so <laughs> lucky I did do overtime and stuff, so it did yeah. help. Um, but that's Boy. got going into where I got to. You know, it was a nice progress. But mm. Cliftonville, at that time, like I say, um, you'd walk up and the the butchers used to close at 12 in Northdown Road. You had um, uh there was Rooks there. There was another one began with a D. I can't remember the name now.
1: I wish, like I wish I could chip in, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, no,
2: no. <laughs> we can always awesome. look it up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But what they used to do at 12, so um, Gillums especially, coming up 12, they would make meat parcels and you could go get a meat parcel because they didn't have cold, cold rooms to keep the stuff over oh, the weekend. Oh, yeah. So initially it wasn't too bad and the wife would go and um, queue up there and you'd get like a big bundle of meat. It used to last us about two weeks. Um, initially that was about a five, a five pound at that stage. Yeah. yeah. We're talking eighty seven, eighty eight. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was good. You know, you'd get a chicken, piece of turkey, a pound of mince, a pound of sausages, yeah. um, there would be a roast in there as well. And, and
1: you were good with the pies and yeah. stuff, weren't you? So Well
2: it all went on other things. You can make that goes yeah. a long way. Like I yeah. say, a fiver used to fathers of meat a meat bundle used to but obviously it got busy and busy, and eventually the shops have changed and moved yeah. and all that sort of thing. But, yeah, no, it that, that was different times, different shops. Mm. Um, you had a little hardware shop now that's a chemist. Um, Thornton Bobby was thriving. Um, I love those shops. Uh, yeah. People's habits and businesses and needs change. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, it hasn't helped the town that much. Um, it has changed, but, um, you know, we've got to get it back, and they, they're working hard in... Margate to get things up again. It's quite a few mm. nice places there. Um, what's it, uh, Arlington Square, I think they call it, in the middle? Where yeah. the statue is. Yeah, yeah. You know, look at all the new shops there. And, yeah, that's know, lovely, yeah. But at least it's mm. looking busy again.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, there's – um, mm. and that, what I experience is that the people behind the businesses are generally like, really – they're just really nice people, and they're really yeah, in it or, for the or right or ordinary people, and yeah, willing to put yeah.
2: their time in. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. people's habits, because when I came to the UK, everybody those days people were paid weekly, and it's not that long ago. Okay, it's thirty odd years, but mm. eighty seven, and everybody was paid weekly. And Friday, the shops stayed open late. They stayed till open till nine o'clock. Mm. That was late, mm-hmm. and everybody went shopping. So on Friday, the shops were packed yeah even <laughs> and then always on the home after shopping was fish and chips was Friday was fish and chips yeah, 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 and you know how habits have changed in a way because now <laughs> the shops are open all the time,
1: yeah, yeah. um
2: things like that I know like the we've got the big Tesco now what 's a Tesco extra um yeah when I was ill, I used to go there like two three in the morning, um and there was always a, a few people around, yeah and you had company instead of being by yourself at that <laughs> yeah, time, yeah you know. Um,
1: it's fascinating, though. It's yeah. like yeah, the 24 hours. Like, it's yeah. such a weird, and It weird wasn't world. a
2: case of buying anything. You just walked around the shop and spoke mm. to this one and spoke to that one. And yeah. Just how things went. Yeah, it's like um, a dream state, isn't it? But, yeah, no, yeah. like I say, um, the seafront was, was thriving then. Um, they would, open, Especially the summer months. But there was always something going on mm. um, and that. So uh, hopefully it's going to come back again. The there are things going on. I went to... Um, New Year's Day, yeah, New Year's
1: Day on the beach.
2: Yeah, I went. No, I went to the. We went for a walk actually with one of the other residents from here, and um we walked around up the seafront. We went from you know we went through the park here and round and up the seafront. What's that Tivoli Park is called? Tivoli park, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then down by with uh, by, near the railway station and back up. And mm. I went up, up to um Turner Gallery in all the years. It's the first time I've actually been in there. Oh yeah. And I was impressed. Yeah, what did you make of it? Yeah. You I, I thought it was very good. As you walked in, they had the Christmas tree, and it was made out of uh, old circuit boards and things like that. And what, <laughs> you know, what was interesting, obviously my background coming in, I started looking... That's a circuit board from a, a video. That's a circuit board from a computer. <laughs> oh, that, no, that's I... <laughs> an old TV. It's even got still two Scott wow. connections on it. It's such a thing. To... <laughs> so the, the tree did its job. Let's put it that. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the yeah, place is even... lovely and clean inside. And I actually went into one exhibition and stayed there. Well, I didn't. I wasn't there very long. I'm definitely going to go again. Mm. It wasn't to me like what I've been told it was. I found it very interesting. Yeah. No, it's, um, I think
1: that's the thing with the Turner. You sort of go in there, you might have yeah. a preconception of what it's going to be about, but you, yeah. e, your experience is so unique yeah. to you. And it's just, yeah. I mean, the, a the exhibition art, I, I
2: went and saw was um, um, a visual one on a screen and talking mm. about how they make the different sound effects in yeah. films and that. Yeah, Foley sound. Yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. It was really interesting. Yeah. Um, it's a mad world though. And quite quite well attended as well, I must yeah. say. No, that was, yeah, I think that's
1: one of them. More popular exhibitions, that one. And like yeah. people who've gone into it, who I know, have come out of it. Like, oh my god, have you been to that exhibition? It's, yeah. yeah, no, It's no, so that fun. good. Yeah, yeah.
2: There's a lot to see. You need, you can't see, go there once. So you've got to keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to keep going. That's and what's
1: cool about when you when you know families with kids. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I haven't got kids myself, but like yeah. when when they visit, so I was like, all right, we're going to the Turner first, and then you get to go there a lot. This is, yeah. Yeah, this is so much fun. I
2: am. Um, the nice thing about it, you don't pay entry fee. Yeah, and I don't think many people realise that. No, they have they have got a collection box, yeah, charity donation, box for yeah. donations, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think people think you've got to pay to go in. I think that's one of the biggest things. Mm. I don't think it's advertised as much that you don't. No. And actually, what is in there? You yeah. know, I mean, obviously, it changes because it's it's art and things like that. Oh, yeah, exhibitions, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, it's certainly worth a donation, though. I mean, it's um, if you oh, think things diff- like that. If you get an experience and something that sort of shifts your thinking a bit, I mean, it, that's worth a, a few quid, isn't it? Yeah. So,
2: yeah, yeah, it's well, well worth it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: All right, Cyril. Um, so let's see. Um, I've got two more things. Right, we're going to start wrapping up because you've been very generous with your time, and uh, we're looking at about an hour twenty at the moment. So, be a good place to wrap up, I think. I've got two things I wanted to ask you. Is there any, like, do you, do you have a curiosity of the world still? Is there anywhere you want to travel? Is there any sort of anywhere that you'd like to know more about in the, in the first person?
2: From school days, when you're doing geography, I always wanted to go to Norway. Norway? Yeah, because, you yeah. know, the fishing, the boats, the sardines. Ah, of
0: course, yeah. And
2: um, hopefully one day I w- uh, will. It's not that far? No, no, and it's not that expensive, mm. but uh, that time will come, maybe when I'm retired. Yeah, I'm not retired yet. <laughs> no, he's still um, still got a lot of work going on. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, there are. There's lots of things. I would always. I've got a sister in Australia. One day I'd like to go there, but again,
1: it's a bit more of a commitment. That one.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. At least I, she, I, I could stay with her there. But I always wanted to travel through Australia. Mm. You know, like you see that thing. Obviously, I, uh, that's not really possible now, but oh, yeah, um, yeah. buy an old banger like you can in Australia and then drive through and fix it and do a job here and a job there. And a yeah, job yeah. there sort of thing.
1: yeah, you could do um, that as well, couldn't you? Yeah, fix but no, no.
2: There's, there's, I haven't been to Scotland yet. I want to go to Scotland. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't go when I had my tourer. But, yeah, I, I want to go up to Scotland. Yeah, yeah, everybody tells you how beautiful it is. Have you
1: say so haven't been there? No, I haven't ah, been there. Yeah, Lake yeah, District
2: is nice. We're, the one time we just um, – I wasn't long here and I, we decided to, I took a day off work. I actually took it to finish some of jobs I had to do of my own. Um, and then the, because her wife was off at the same time, she said, why don't we go somewhere? And I said, well, where? And she, she said um, uh, friends at work always talk about um, that, that time she was working for NatWest in Sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um talking about Lake District, and I said, that's all right, and this, this was about lunchtime, I'd gone gone home just to get something to eat, um, I stayed in Athelston Road at that time, mm-hmm. and um, I said, yeah, all right, pack some things, I'll just finish what I'm doing, and then we'll shoot off, and we left for Lake District, <laughs> um, not knowing where it is, had a little of Micra, a thousand cc of Micra, <laughs> and... We left about three o'clock for late. Just took no idea where it is. <laughs> Obviously, coming from Zambia and that mileage isn't that much. Impatient. No, no. <laughs> um, and we actually rocked up at Lake Wind- Windermere at um, quarter past eight, which wasn't wow. bad going. Pretty
1: good progress. Yeah. And that
2: only took three-quarter of a tank of fuel as well. Wow. But um, we didn't really know about bed and breakfast or anything like that and, <laughs> you know, not too uh, wise about that. So the first night we slept in a... In the car in the layby,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> and um, I need to wake up in the morning. Right next to the car, there's a big sign: "No overnight stopping." <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> but the the next day we went to uh, we went and got a bed and breakfast, and we we, we went around Beatrice Potter her house thing and that. Oh yeah, yeah, museum and that, and took a drive round Lake Windermere. Yeah, and we stopped. You know, we just bought some stuff in the shop and that, uh, for lunch, we stopped at like a lay by rest area. And we had a really nice experience there. It was nice, the labour, but there's pickups ups uh, turned up vans and that with trailers and that. And they set up in three um, air balloons. And they took off in, over the trees and then over like, Lake Windermere, which oh. is a, a beautiful sight and lovely to see. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, surprised. no, that's, that's the thing. but. No, Scotland I'd like to go and I've been to Portugal and I love Portugal. Mm. Um, People are very relaxed. I've been to Spain a couple of times just for a couple of, like a week, two weeks and that. But home is here.
1: Yeah.
2: England is home. There's there's so much to see. I'd like to go over to Ireland.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I'm not not too worried about distance travelling and that,
1: that much. But it's also, there's a lot to be said for just being a tourist in the place where you live, isn't there? I mean, even in Margate, I mean, mm. there's, you know, surrounding here, there's a lot of, well, there's Margate itself, but then surrounding here, there's a lot of lovely woods and, all, you know, like really yeah. nice places to visit. For sure.
2: Yeah, especially like between here and Canterbury or mm. going over to, um, Rico- is it Recalva? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, I went once with a, near Sandwich there, um, Richborough Castle. Yeah, yeah. Now that's interesting. Been you know, because that's an old market and how the people did. And I never knew the sea actually it used to come all the way up to that Richborough Castle before.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, and
2: that's that's why that market is there because they still float the ships in there.
1: Okay. Um, you wouldn't
2: have thought the sea came up that high <laughs> wow. um, and things. That's really interesting. And um, and then you've got the Sandwich River boat cruises and that. That's quite nice. Mm. You know, different. Yeah, yeah, You don't realize the history because there's a couple of really old, what do they call them boats or whatever on the moored up along the banks as you go mm. along it? I haven't been to the seals yet. I'd like to go see that.
1: Where's that?
2: Um, sandwich. You can go out there, do a tour out to go see seals yeah, in the sandwich. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Ah, because yeah, like, um, my my girlfriend went to Deal not long ago, and then they said they saw seals, and yeah, that's one thing we we really want to yeah, go well, out and see yeah. It's seals.
2: obviously this, a similar sort of place because Deal and Dover are cl- yeah. uh, and Sandwich are close. Yeah, yeah. this is also by. Um, I've never been to it yet, but by Cliffsend, there's a, a nature park thing. You can go in there and apparently there's buck and that and birds, lots of bird life. Mm. Um, but you've got a height restriction on the banner going in.
1: Oh, Yeah. Okay.
2: Mm. But there's, no, there's so much. Yeah. Um, one of the guys, a friend of mine I've made from, since I've been at Siddons Advice, he took me up near Dover Castle somewhere the other day where – there's a cafe in that, and a nice walks in that. But mm. you're right, overlooking the harbour, you can actually look into the harbour and that. It's really mm. nice, and you know, there's, there's so much around you. I yeah. don't think, I don't think many people know that much about it. And
1: no, often these places you either pass through them or yeah. you sort of do a little cursory look around them. But yeah, yeah, nice. No, and it's, it's just, it's, it's
2: just getting to them. It's you know, obviously finances for everybody are quite tight and everything nowadays. So you know, those things don't cost a lot of money. Mm.
1: Okay, well, uh what are you looking forward to? And what's what's in the what's in the future for for young Cyril? The
2: future. Well, yeah. um the main the main thing I'd, like I like as you said earlier on, I, I went to the traditional future, I'd like to act in a few plays and possibly sing, which I've never done before. Yeah. Um and I am now I've got I got my ticket for as an advisor citizens advisor it's not that they don't use the word you're trained or um, certified or something. But, yeah, I can, I'm allowed to do advice sessions by myself and things like that now. Yeah. So, And that that's the main thing. That is so rewarding. It's so rewarding. Yeah, and yeah, it's obviously, you're where I am. Yeah. You know, it's a nice community. Here, yeah. Alexander yeah. Homes, nice people. Yeah. And we do a few activities and that and you arrange a few. so where i've always worked very very long hours many times two or three days in a trot you know now's now's the time to relax and do things i didn't do when i was younger when i was too busy working yeah yeah yeah. um, and enjoying them a bit yeah yeah and uh, my main thing is just helping people being with people having a nice time an easier life
1: i think you've earned it (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, it's coming. Your life
2: is planned for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's lovely. Yeah, it's it's been a real pleasure, Cyril. You're, you're a lovely you're a lovely guy to chat to. It's been really, thanks, really, yeah. really nice to spend some time in your company. So, thanks yeah. so much. That's no, you know. a pleasure. Yeah. yeah, lovely, Cyril. Thank you so much. Okay, no problem. It's yeah, a pleasure. It's been great. Thank you. Um, Any
2: time you want. Yeah, mm. that would be, it'd be and uh, You can always pop in for a cup of tea. You know, you know where I am now.
1: Oh I know I'm yeah, gonna, just just texting and say,
2: one. oh yeah, you will get. Do you mm-hmm. want a cup of tea? No? Oh, it, okay, Matthew, you have one, yeah, yeah. But you finish the two. I've got can sit I'll show you YouTube of where I come from. Yeah, yeah
1: amazing, wow. amazing. Thank you so much to Cyril for taking the time to talk to me and uh, welcoming me into his house, and for the stellar cup of tea at the end of it all, as promised. He is a. He has earned the tea making certificate, which he owns. Um, really interesting story, and like so many geographical things happening there that I, I've never heard of or never heard about, and you know I wasn't aware of the situation in his hometown either. I mean, if you if you have like a little Google on Cabway, which is where he's from, um, I had a little Google earlier on, and it's it's not it's not a Pretty story. Um, it's 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 tough, and he's suffering the consequences of it as well. You know, he's um, he has a, a health issue, which is a direct. Well, I mean, it, it it would seem like a direct consequence of a problem with the water supply there. And um, you know, you, you can only imagine like how many other similar stories there are out there. It, it's it's really it's it's a, it's a tough one. So that was a good thing to get out of it is, you know, if, um, out, out of all the things we talked about, I mean, that, that was one thing that was actually, it, it's, of it just good to be aware of that stuff. I think, um, it, it just sort of made me feel a bit more switched on to a part of the world that I, I just didn't really know about. And, um, yeah, uh, to hear it from somebody who, he spent a, you know, like a, a nice little chunk of his life out there growing up and then, um, yeah, and and then you know the, the journey to Margate, and this is a, it's a place where I, I know to a degree. I mean, I haven't been here for for too long, but to hear about it from somebody who's not a, a Margate native necessarily, and but somebody who's who's been here for a long time now. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, really, I mean, God, there's so much other stuff. I mean, you you just heard it so. <laughs> this is what makes my outro so long, you know. i start combing over what we just heard. You just heard it, you, you know how you feel about it. It was a goodie, I think you'll agree. Um, yeah, so thank you ever so much to Cyril. I mean, I, I'm going to try and post up some links to his whereabouts and his uh, uh online activities. He showed me the blog he's been working on and sort of chipping away at, and uh, yeah, afterwards, he like he showed me a few YouTube videos as well of like the road through where he used to live, which is pretty crazy. Um, it's, and there's like one road which would, it would kill a car. Like if you drove out there in a regular car, like the one I am sitting in now, this car would be a flaming wreck at the end of it. Um It's it's madness. It's, it's just it's just such an interesting terrain. And yeah, it's just fascinating. Um, thank you to Lucy from Margate Mercury for coordinating and masterminding this operation this particular episode which was uh under the Margate Voices uh, banner which is going to be a um a sort of re- reasonably frequent series uh I mean the Margate Mercury issues come out every quarter so this one is effectively in conjunction with the spring issue for this year and this it's an amazing issue like the, uh, this one was like it's I mean if you find yourself in a, a Margate calf somewhere or <clears throat> you know, place where you can just sit down and spend some time, have a good look at it. It's it's a such a nice read. You know, get yourself a little coffee, a little cup of tea, something, something. And um yeah, our mutual friend, I say mutual mine and yours as the uh, the audience as a whole. Uh, our mutual friend Fale Gnocchi on the front cover, as he should be. The front cover of every single issue because he's awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. So uh, in closing, do I have any final words? <laughs> I would say give the Heckles playlists a shout because I put them together every week and it's a goddamn pleasure. And um, if I may be so brutally frank, there are some flipping jams on there. Uh, more on the ambient mellow side in line with the Heckles uh mode of thinking i suppose you could call it you know the the more sort of therapeutic side but um no no weak jams on there my people it's a it's a fine solid selection of uh either sleepy or you know early morning or you know late night nothing too banging let's say but really lush like that's the word lush frosty jams yes Keep up with me on Patreon. I am there. I think it's patreon.com slash And uh, again, a uh, link in the write-up for the episode. You can chip in if you want to. Uh, it would be immensely gratefully received. You will get an advert-free rendition of the podcast. So if these ads that turn up bother you, then there won't be any of those. Or, well, I'd say that... Uh, In some of them, I think I've left in the the sort of interlude with me saying, here's where we put an advert. So, okay, there's a little pause, but consider that an intermission. And, yeah, uh, buddypiece.bandcamp.com. That's got all my music's on there. And, um, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll catch you next time around. Going to have another very special guest. You can be absolutely sure of that. Can you hear the rain? I'm sure you can hear the rain through the microphone. Um Again, don't know if it's going to give you an ASMR feel. Feels? I'm not sure. I mean, it's not unpleasant, but I've got to get out of the car and go through it, which is not that cool. But as I said in the intro, we soldier through. Stay strong, people. Um Let's try and keep positive in these somewhat difficult times. But... um I think we can, we can do that we can keep a smile on our face and pump up those positive vibrations let's do that uh, yeah so stay safe, be kind be positive, be happy uh, stay dry and warm of course, that's a given and we will speak or you will listen to me speaking again very soon alright, big ups and blessings peace